All right. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. Um, this is unusual for me to post uh, three postings. This is posting two. Um, and I'm posting the next one will be Hagee. He's talking about the history beforehand. Now I'm posting Perry Stone. I want you to hear what Perry's got to say about what's going on, the current situation. Um, it's very interesting. And I want you to be very mindful and open to what he's got to say. Because I give credit where credit's due. or credit is due, as I say. Um, you can hear I'm kind of stopped in a few minutes because I'm doing something. I don't win to pin anyone. Nor do I bow to people simply on them persecuting me. But I will tell you, I warn you ahead of time, if I don't agree with the person at hand, they won't get posted. Um, the current situation right now with Biden, Biden's got himself in a big upheaval with his health. Um, he could very well die. I don't wish death on anyone. But that's his fault, not mine. He caught COVID. And Omicron both. Being stupid going overseas without wearing a mask. Anyhow, we are going to hear Perry Stone. Now, granted, uh, Mr. Stone is very well known. He's talking about the signs in the Bible of the ultimate end of all things. I believe we're in the ultimate end. I'm taking it from a spiritualist perspective. So bear in mind, Perry Stone is a pastor, a Gentile pastor. He's my brother. And I honor him. I honor all of them. We're in this fight together to the end. I celebrate life. Life's vitally important to me. I didn't take salvation lightly. Of my 21 years underground, I've learned a lot. As an ultra super soldier, that is how it is. 
know, I didn't complete my total military stay, but I reached enough to be able to retire during secret service things that need to be done, but I prefer not to serve a tyrant. I, you can hear in my world around me, lots of times, people mowing grass, people sitting out enjoying the evening. I'd rather hear life than live in a big city where people are fighting for food. I have a blessing to be able to put groceries on my table that otherwise people don't have a blessing for. But I also know the signs of the times and where we're at in the prophetic timeline. And I know that things are going to take their course. No matter what I say or do, we are in a time of great upheaval. We are in a time of great injustice. We are in a time of great concern. I'm taking a serious note as a scientist. There's a lot of things that many of the young people don't know that are walking blindly into a trap. With the current situation arising. may don't know that these things are going on and i'm talking from the perspective of being military being rotc air force related um, and so forth um that's why I retired. My father served 24 years. My brother David served five in special forces. I don't say much. But I'm not going to bend for a president that I don't agree with. I started my retirement 
typically an Air Force person starts the retirement about 39. I stayed in for one more round, which gave me 21 years with NASA having everything paid for. I got full pension, everything. I retired just shortly as soon as I got my Braddens in my ears. Um, I don't take lightly to anyone telling me I have to bow down to, so say, sadness. That's basically what we've got in the White House right now, Satanists. I'm telling the truth. And the agenda Biden has is to make one world government. Involving bankers, medical personnel, so much more. This is his ultimate goal. Even the Pope, which is not supposed to support that kind of stuff, is involved. And I agree with Virega that what we got coming is not good. I'm not going to support one side or the other. I vote for who I think is for the American people. I'm a Federalist. My family has been Federalists for nearly 300 some odd years. Roughly 250 to be precise, but still, we're Federalists. I don't bow to anyone telling me I've got to do this or that, you might say. And yes, you're hearing fresh vegetables being pruned. About another hour and 45 minutes, I'll be going down and taking care of some more fresh vegetables and water. Roughly speaking, um, that's what I do. Garden. That's the way I want my life to be. Live off the land as my ancestors did. Um, Multicultural. I'm Native American. I'm black. Have Afro American in me. I have European, Eurasian. Uh, I have Asian roots who fit into it. I love life. And I'm being told I have to accept death. I don't think so. I live in a little community of about 11,000 people. It was originally a community of about almost 60,000. 
northern tier heartland. And I had people here telling me that I needed to bend and break to their philosophy. And I've got news for them, they better watch out. They might find a philosophy at the button around the corner, but that's beside the point. I'm not here to argue philosophy. I disagree with philosophy. Philosophy is not a philosophy stone. I read my word, I stick with my word, I do my word, and I go home. That's how I feel. And that's what I do. This evening I'll go out and get my water, come back home. My community has been hard, the hardest hit with COVID. It's a small community and like many around the Ohio River at Taze Valley region have been hit. We have jobs opening back up. We've run Antifa out of here. We don't want them here. They embedded in the community and we run them out. We're happy. That's what it means, we're happy. With what we have. I'm happy where I'm at. I don't need to be in Los Angeles or a big city. I have family and friends around me that care for me, protect me. This little backwoods community was founded by Lewis and Clark. Uh, my family, the Kellys, were Iron Masters. The Johnsons were Iron Masters. Rosenbergs were iron masters. Happy. I'd rather have a corn on the cob than somebody hand me a steak on a plate. Well, I'm going to say pray for Jerusalem, pray for Israel, and pray. For all people everywhere. I'm not going to say pray for Biden. He doesn't deserve my prayers. He's an anti-Semite anyway. And he is an anti-Christ to me. As far as that goes. Well, I'm going to cut here. And we'll get this done. And we'll get the last one rolling. Bye. I want to welcome you to a very special manifest telecast. We will be dealing in a prophetic realm today 
on this particular subject, the approaching last sign of the end times, the approaching last sign of the end times. Now, uh, as we get started, let me remind you to watch all the program because there's something very special. It's a brand new offer. If you didn't get our visions book, you still can do that. But a brand new offer is coming up uh, on the telecast today. And you're going to be extremely excited to get this, I'm sure. Now, let's go right into this teaching. I, I was thinking the other day about the signs of the time of the end. You know, Jesus makes this statement in Matthew chapter 24. When the disciples ask him, tell us what will be the sign of thy coming and of the end of the world. He, it is interesting, and I noticed this uh, really many years ago, that they did not ask him what would be the signs of your coming, but they asked him for one specific sign. Now, when you go to Matthew chapter 24, beginning at about verse 4, Jesus starts listing numerous events. Some of those would be cosmic in nature. Some would be caused by men, such as wars and rumors of wars. Some would be natural disasters. Some would be uh, different types of problems that would strike the earth in different locations. And he called these the birth pains. Going back to the original thought, they didn't ask him for signs. He gave them signs. But he, they asked him, what would be the sign of your coming and the end of the world? Now, the King James translation uses the phrase end of the world there. But in the Greek, there are three Greek words used for world. One of those deals with the planet Earth, just the planet in general. The second word deals with the population that is living on the planet. God so loved the world, uh, John chapter 3, that he gave his son to die. Now, obviously, he wasn't talking about just the planet where the rocks and the trees and the waterfalls are. He was talking about the people that inhabit the planet and that live here. So he loved the souls, he loved the people. Now, there's another Greek word for world, which means the end of the age. It is a time frame that exists on earthly governments. So when the disciples are saying the end of the world, and uh, I'm doing a, a, a study on this right now, the world itself does not end until the uh, end of the thousand year reign after the great white throne judgment when there will be a new heaven and a new earth that will be created by the Lord. And that's a whole other teaching. We definitely don't want to get sidetracked on that because we'd be here a while, trust me. But the the sign of your coming. Now, I've meditated on the idea, in fact, the other day. And honestly, I mean, to be quite honest with you, I had never really thought about this before. I mean, I really hadn't. About how that there was always a final sign, one last sign, that was indicating uh, the the time of the end or was indicating that the prophetic event which had been predicted was actually about to happen. So let me give you some examples here. Let's go back to the days of Noah because in Matthew 24 and also in Luke's gospel, we know that Christ made it clear that as it was in the days of Noah, so will it be at the time of the coming of the Son of Man. The signs that we see in Genesis chapter 6 and 7 are going to be repeated at the end of days before Messiah returns. So going back to this thought, in the days of Noah, what was the sign that the prophecy of a deluge, a flood was coming? Well, there's several signs that we can consider. Number one is the completion of the ark. The flood could not come until the ark for the animals and for Noah and his family was completely finished. 
And of course, seven days after it was completed is when the fountains of the deep were opened and the water poured on the earth for 40 days and nights. So the ark, the building of the ark was a sign. And when the ark was completed, then the flood came. Now, my parallel to that would be the Matthew 24, 14 verse, which is, which is a major sign, singular, that the Lord's returning. And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world as a witness unto all nations, and then the end would come. The building of the ark was a sign that the flood was coming. So the building of the church, the building that we're not talking here of buildings, we're talking about the growth of the body of Christ, the growth of the Christian faith around the world is a sign. And when the fullness of time comes, the ark is completed and the flood comes. Or what we would say it this way, relating to our dispensation of the church age. When the fullness of the Gentiles comes in, when the full number of Gentiles, now this is in the Bible, when the full number of Gentiles comes in, that is when the church age or the age of God's grace is, is finished and we go into the time of the wrath of God, which is the seven-year tribulation period. Now, now I want you to stay with me on this thought because I want to show you something. One of the other big signs, and this was a big one, that the flood was coming, and this would have actually been the last sign. Because what we're talking about here are the last sign. What is the last sign of the last days that we know, it, you know, we're done. It's over. Uh, Messiah's coming, etc. So we're going to we're going to get into that in just a moment. But if you go back to what we're, we're talking about, the, the flood of Noah, the sign before the flood was Methuselah. Now, if you look at the genealogies in Genesis chapter five, you will discover that there were 10 men from Adam to Noah. And those 10 men lived to be very, very, very long. Uh, but Methuselah lived longer than any man that's ever lived on the planet. He lived to be 969 years of age. Now, someone says, well, that's embellished. That's a legend, blah, blah, blah. It is not. Prior to the flood, and we don't know if it was the food, the way that the earth was watered from a mist of the ground. Uh, we do know that sin reduced the lifespan of man from hundreds of years living uh, down to 70 by reason of strength, 80, according to the book of Psalms. So sin is a part of this. For, let me say it this way. If a man is wicked and evil, let's say like an Adolf Hitler, and he lived to be hundreds of years of age, the planet would have been annihilated. If a man is good, like the apostles or Christ, then the longer they live, they can influence people for good. And the longer a wicked person lives, they influence people for evil. And thus, it allow, it causes that person, when they die, to be separated from God in, in Hades or hell. And so this is the reason why I do believe the Bible says a rebellious person cannot and will not live out half of their days. Because God does not want them to influence people for evil. And this may be why the righteous are promised a long life. Because God desires to influence people. People with the word of God and for good. Going back to the thought, Methuselah's name in Hebrew can mean his death brings or his death initiates. Now, that's important to understand for several reasons. Because Methuselah died the year that the flood came. Now, stay with me on this. Methuselah died. Now, now you can go to Genesis you have to go to chapter 6, 7, and 8, actually 5, 6, 7, and 8. The genealogies all the way to the moment of the flood add up the year 
add up how old Noah was when the flood came, how old he was when Shemham and Japheth was born, how old Methuselah was. And, and I did this in Africa one time. I preached it. Methuselah died the year of the flood. And there was a gentleman. He was a genius. His name is Magungi. And if I'm not mistaken, he, he, he worked a lot with numbers. But he sat there and calculated about must have been eight minutes later, jumped up and said, what he said is true. Methuselah died in the flood year. He did it from the Bible. That's how we know. It's not guesswork. It's not Jewish tradition. Methuselah was a sign, and I don't want you to miss this, that as long as he was living, there would not be a flood. Watch. As long as he's living, an ark will be built. As long as he's living, the flood has not come. People in that day would have known what his name meant. Just like today, we name our children, but we want to give our children a a special name with a special meaning. In the days of Noah, most of the people, Methuselah, if you would have said his name and you would have understood the meaning, you knew it meant when he dies, it comes. Here's what's odd. And I have a whole message that years ago I preached on this. What is odd is when everything was ready and the animals were in the ark and Noah was ready to go in, we read that God said, yet seven more days, then I will cause it to rain. The reason for that, based on Jewish tradition, but also based on just my my own researching of the scripture, would only be one thing. Just two fingers, one thing. And that one thing would be that Methuselah, died and they took seven days to mourn for him and bury him then the flood came so the last sign was the death of Methuselah when he died that was it that was the last one there would be no more signs there would be no more warnings there would be no more indicators once that happened it's over and it's done it's over it's complete Let's go, for example, because I don't want to run out of time here. I could give you many, many different examples. But let's talk about the birth of Jesus. The birth of Jesus was prophesied. Isaiah said he would be born of a virgin. Micah said he would be born in Bethlehem. He would also be from the tribe of Judah. Uh, David, King David, was promised a seed that would be a Messiah. So he's the son of David. So Christ fulfilled all of these things, being born of the Virgin Mary, being born in Bethlehem, Bethlehem located in the tribe of Judah. All the Old Testament prophecies that re, that refer directly to the birth of this uh, Messiah, Christ did fulfill those. And you can go to the four Gospels and it will give you the reference the, as it was spoken by the prophet, as it was spoken by the prophet. Then you can refer back to your Bible and find where those prophecies were spoken. Sometimes uh, six, seven, eight hundred years or longer before uh, Messiah Christ was born. Having said that, now I want you to track with me. What was the sign that the Messiah would be born? What was the sign? Well, it was the vir- born of a virgin. Well, everybody didn't know that happened. Really, everybody didn't know that happened until we, we come along later in church history or the people in Jesus' day. Some of them did, of course. But here's the sign. In the book of Genesis chapter 49, of all places to find this, it's in the first book of the Bible. The old patriarch is blessing his sons and he, he looks at Judah and he makes this statement. The scepter shall not depart from Judah till Shiloh come. Now, scholars have taken this, and even Hebrew scholars have taken this, and they've looked at the word Shiloh, Shiloh as some call it, and they've looked at the word, uh, the scepter there, and what it, what it breaks down to is that there would be a particular rulership that the Jewish people would have in the area of Judah, 
that would be uh, broken. And when you see that broken, you would know it would be a sign of the Messiah or Shiloh or Shiloh had come. Wow, this is amazing. Now, I don't have time to, to, this would take about eight minutes to go into. I don't have it in writing. I don't have it on tape or print. But it is true that when Herod came to power, if you'll know this, uh, Herod the Great was the ruler when Christ was born and then he died. And remember, they brought Jesus back from Egypt, back to the Holy Land, back to, to uh, Nazareth to live after Herod had died. Because Herod was killing the babies in Bethlehem under two years of age, trying to kill the Messiah king that had been born. And that's why they fled to Egypt, of course, if you know your Bible. And so the point is that the the government, the Jewish people lost their governmental authority over Judah about the time, check this out, that Christ was born. And I think it was a, a great man named Chuck Missler that probably did some of the earliest research on that years ago. That may have been where I, I, I read the first research ad. I want to give him credit for that, a great man of God. So... My point is that it, if you go to the destruction of the temple, the final sign was when you see Jerusalem surrounded by armies, know the desolation thereof is nigh. And that happened between 69 and 70 A.D. when the Romans finally encircled the city, broke the walls down. Then they knew it was over. Of course, for some people it was too late because Jesus had told them, flee to the mountains when you see the city surrounded. They're going to dig a trench and they're going to surround the city. That's the last sign. In the Bible, and I'm talking about all the way from the flood of Noah, all the way through the time of Christ, etc. And, and even in even in history, there was always one major sign that this is it. Now, in the concept of Jesus Christ coming back for the church, I've heard Bible prophecy preachers say this for years. And honestly, I, you know, when I would first hear it, I'd say, okay, I agree with it, but I don't agree with it. They would say the return of Christ is imminent, meaning it could happen at any time. But I would always go back to two verses. Now, you got to remember, some of the men who taught that did not believe in the Holy Spirit or a last day outpouring of the Holy Spirit. But if you go to Joel 2 and Acts chapter 2, you'll find out that there must be, before the great and terrible day of the Lord, or before the great tribulation, there must be an outpouring on servants and handmaids and sons and daughters. Some call this the third Pentecost. And so this is interesting because there has to be a final outpouring of the Spirit, dreams and visions, and it has to happen. Joel chapter 2 said, 28 and 29, you read the verses there, before the great and terrible day of the Lord, which is before the great tribulation, which would be... In, in, in my concept of understanding prophecy, in my interpretation, the Lord comes at the beginning of the tribulation. So that would be, you got it right there. There's, there's one of your signs, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit upon all flesh. The second sign that connects with it very easily is that verse I just gave you in Matthew chapter 24, verse 14. And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world as a witness unto all nations and then shall the end come. Now, it's interesting to note that he didn't say this gospel will be preached, but he said the gospel of the kingdom. Now, I don't know if you've paid attention the past couple of years, but there has been a very, very great resurgence. Uh, thanks to pastors uh, like Tony Scott, who absolutely preaches greater on the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God than anybody I've met or known. Even some of the great scholars in the um, in his denomination, Greek scholars, have said they've never heard anything like it. He's, he's on target. So the message is going to be the message not of your denomination. I'm, now, don't get me don't get upset with me talking about denominations because they have done a good work. In fact, they've done a great work. You've got the Baptists, the Church of God, Assemblies of God, Pentecostal Holiness. You've got the Methodists. So, the, in, you know, they've done a great job. So we're not anti 
non-denominational. God uses them. But the message of the end time is going to be the message of the kingdom where everybody who's a part of the body of Christ, whose name is in the Lamb's Book of Life, is a part of the kingdom of God. And that will become the end day message. Uniting together for the work of the kingdom so that we can bring back and help bring back. We don't really bring him back. We help bring him back through through our preaching of the gospel, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords to rule and reign on earth for the thousand years. So the outpouring of the Spirit and the gospel are two of the great signs. Now, if we go to Joel 2, I'm going to show you something, and I have been teaching this lately, and I want you to look right over here. This will be my left shoulder, the right side of your screen. There is a volcano erupting. Now, in the book of Joel chapter 2, when Joel begins to talk about the signs of the time of the end and the last day outpouring, he says that there will be signs in the heavens above and in the earth beneath. Now, that means that that's, this particular sign is going to originate from underneath the crust of the earth, underneath the earth. Blood, fire, and pillars of smoke. We talk about the blood and the blood moons, and we won't go into all that. Those cycles have already passed, and there's some coming in the future. But without a doubt, without any doubt whatsoever, the pillars of smoke and the fire are volcanic eruptions. Now, I want everybody to hear me because I'm going to make a prediction here by what I'm sensing in my spirit. In the time ahead, and I don't believe I don't believe we're talking five to ten years from now. I'm, I'm saying in the time ahead, there has to be a, a a massive amount. When I say massive, we're not talking about thousands, but we're talking about uh, in the sense of the size of the eruptions and also the the spread out locations of the eruptions. There is going to be a lot of underwater volcanic activity, meaning that that things will break under the ocean, plates of the earth will break, and, you know, there's lava, there's magma down there, and you see this, for example, anyway, in in different parts of it, but there's going to be some underwater earthquakes that's going to create tsunamis, but but there's also going to be right on the edge, and it's very possible that some of these volcanoes on the edge of islands will create these tsunamis, because when that will happen when the eruption takes place, and they had a real scare recently, if you know anything about this, that that they the East Coast had a scare for a couple of months concerning a volcanic eruption right off the coast of Spain that was happening there. But uh, the 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 fire and pillars of smoke is a sign, and honestly, folks, it's one of the final signs on the Earth of the birth pains taking place on the Earth. So what you have here is you have the Final signs on the earth of earthquakes, famines, and pestilence. And we've seen that. Oh, have we seen that? And it will continue, of course. Then you have underneath the earth. Now watch the three realms. On the earth, underneath the earth, you have the volcanic eruptions taking place and the shiftings taking place in the earth's magma core. Then there's a third area, which is, guess what? The heavens. The cosmic signs, falling stars, meteorite, asteroids are happening in the heavens. So there's three realms here that we're talking about at the time of the end. We're talking about the, the realm of heaven, the realm of on the earth, and the realm of under the earth. Now what's interesting about that is, if you go into the book of Revelation, John would talk about, I, I saw in heaven, I saw on the earth, I saw under the earth. So throughout the 22 chapters of the book of Revelation, different places, of course, he's mentioning the three realms that exist in the entire cosmos. And all three of these realms are going to have their own individual signs 
of the time of the end and also during the seven-year tribulation, uh, all these judgments that will be poured out will accompany, accompany that as well. Now, I know it, you know it, and and I want you to hear what I'm about to say. One of the reasons that we are increasing our social media to videos, so many videos and teaching is because we go around the world. We've done, we've been on television for 21 or 22 years with the Manifest Telecast now. And we believe that it is important that the things that the Holy Spirit is giving us through the Word and the things that the Holy Spirit has given us through the teaching of the revelation of the Holy Spirit must be taught more and more to people around the world. Now, the way that we do this uh, the Manifest Telecast is not free. It, it's millions of dollars of airtime for the Manifest Telecast. But we do this by offering you something. And what the offer you're about to get right now, or you can get right now, I should say, is incredible. It is absolutely one of my favorite ever. So you're going to see that coming up. But I want to just for the next 20 seconds ask you, we never ask. And it's not that we have to, but we want you to participate if it's been a blessing. We would love for you to participate with an offering to Voice of Evangelism to help the Manifest program not only stay on. We're going to with the help of God. That's going to happen. But to expand in some new areas and new places to reach more people than we ever reached before. So I appreciate that. So here's what I want you to do. Stay tuned for this fantastic offer. And always watch till the end of the program because sometimes I'll be coming to preach somewhere. And you may want to come and be a part of the live service. I'll be right back in just a moment. Our new offer is one of the most important prophetic teachings in the history of Manifest. Hebrew expert Bill Cloud and I teamed up on this 10-hour teaching to unlock the mysteries concealed in Israel's seven festivals. This album has 11 DVDs that are 21 30-minute lessons. They include illustrated messages and charts and pictures to enhance the details of the research. On the first DVD, I explain God's seven appointed festivals along with God's prophetic calendar. Bill Cloud then shows you a complete Passover Seder and explains the mystery of unleavened bread, unlocking its prophetic purpose, including the revelation of the Messiah. I then follow up taking you on a journey to illustrate the prophetic layers found in the Festival of Firstfruits. Bill presents the fourth festival dealing with the powerful significance of Pentecost and its impact upon us today. On DVD number six, I will explain the three fall festivals and how they are yet to be fulfilled, showing how trumpets and the different shofar sounds on that day encrypt the mystery of Christ's return for his bride and the resurrection of the dead in Christ. Then I explain the biblical and ancient temple rituals of the sixth festival, Yom Kippur, and how they detail the great tribulation judgments yet to come. On DVD number nine, See Bill Cloud set up a sukkah walking you step-by-step through the practical and prophetic meaning of Israel's seventh festival, also known as the Seasons of Our Joy. Among the live audience, the most talked about DVD was lesson number 10, where I examine Israel's three biblical harvest cycles that prophetically conceal the rapture of the tribulation and the millennial kingdom through the festival harvest patterns of ancient Israel. The 11th and final DVD will stir your spirit as I reveal God's plan to restore His glory to the earth in these last days. 
This teaching introduces to the viewer unique Hebrew word studies, fresh biblical insight, unusual Jewish customs, and exciting prophetic truth, helping you to understand the future according to God's festival calendar. It was preached before a live audience of ministry partners, and this teaching was originally designed as a Perry Stone Bill Cloud ISO Bible course that normally is $150. However, right now you can receive the 11 DVDs as a limited-time offer in an album for your donation of $75 or more. To order your set, go online at perrystone.org, call toll-free 1-888-21-BREAD, or write the ministry and send your donation of $75 or more to Perry Stone, P.O. Box 3595, Cleveland, Tennessee, 37320. Now remember, when writing or calling, use offer number 11DVD101. Help keep manifest on the air. I'm looking forward to hearing from you. If you think you've heard everything there is to hear about the festivals of Israel and the amazing, stunning mysteries that are concealed there, well, I've got a surprise for you. I had studied that subject for over 30 years, actually 35 years. And when we went to do this series called The Seven, The Mysteries of the Seven Festivals, I spent six months of researching things I did not hear preached in my lifetime. I never heard prophetic teachers talk about it. And so that's what this is about. This is to not just teach you the prophetic application, the practical application of these festivals, but it shows you the mysteries that are concealed and you are going to have one of the greatest Bible studies of your life when you watch these DVDs. So get them right now. It's very important. Now, I want to announce for those of you that are in Alaska that Pam and I are coming back to Alaska and we'll put that on the bottom of the screen here where we're going to be ministering. Two different locations there in this beautiful country with two of our very, very dear friends, Sister Sherry and also Brother Pastor Daniel. And we cannot wait. We enjoyed ourselves so much with the wonderful fellowship, the people. And I have to admit to you, I love the salmon in that part of the world. So I go up there. I have some partners up there that, uh, and they know who they are. I won't name them, but they occasionally will get a box from Alaska where they have gone fishing. They have, some of them have boats and they say, we've got to keep you healthy and this is what you need to be eating. You know what? I totally agree with you on that. Then don't forget also in the month of August, I'll be coming back to our dear friends there in Texas in, um, in the beautiful, beautiful uh, uh, area of Texas with those wonderful people down there in Huntsville, Texas, and also Willis, Texas. So the best thing to do is go ahead and go uh, to perrystone.org. And if you look up the itinerary, it will tell you where we're going to be coming to. We are uh, not, again, going back to our old way of traveling every weekend. There is so much going on inside the ministry, outreaches, soul winning, lens of the camera, social media, and also book writing that uh, it's impossible to do all those meetings that we used to do, but we will have great things in the future. Now, the main event is coming up in October. It is the granddaddy of the camp meetings, in my opinion. It is one of the most wonderful times of fun and fellowship and preaching of the word and altar services. And of course, Pam's Great Fall Festival. So be looking at that as well. And all the hotel information will be available on the website at perrystone.org. Don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel where you can get uh, two new teachings every single week week from me personally. Thank you for joining us and God bless you is my prayer. Perry Stone invites you to join him for his 2022 Israel tour. The dates are November 20th through the 29th with an optional visit to Petra in the country of Jordan. 
Call 1-888-321-3629 or visit perrystone.org for more information and how to register. Seating is limited, so call today.